Welcome to the Script Bits podcast for Wednesday, 13th April, 2022. Our bit today comes from James 1, verse 2, which says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, that's various trials. Well, this Holy Week Wednesday looks like it's going to be a cloudy, stormy day. But that's nothing to be worried about because, as the song so rightly says, just hold on to Jesus and ride out your storm. Just remember his promise that he'll never leave nor forsake you. So don't give up the fight. Just hold on to Jesus and ride out that storm that seems to be a brewing in your life. You're not alone. Almighty God, the creator of the universe, and all therein is right there with you and will faithfully lead and guide you to safe shelter. No, that's not as easy to do as it sounds, and it recalls two tough passages from the good book, one from James and one from Peter. James said it thus, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, That's various trials. Knowing this, that the trying or testing of your faith worketh or produces patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire or complete, wanting nothing, and that's lacking anything. And that comes from James 1, 2-4. Ah, friends, those are indeed tough words to fathom, much less simply accept. How can we count our trials and tribulations joy when our usual response to adversity is escape? The truth of the matter, though, is that God uses problems to mature his people. And the scholars explain that in this epistle on Christian living, James opens with a most crucial topic, the trials of life. These verses describe the various testings, whether from the world and Satan or from God, into which godly Christians fall. These negative experiences are to be expected, or sorry, to be accepted with great joy, not for the sake of the trial itself, but because of the positive work God can accomplish through the testing. The words in verses 2 and 3, that's temptations and trying, are often regarded as virtually synonymous. Now, if this were true, then trials themselves would produce spiritual maturity, but they do not. Often, testing makes Christians bitter instead of better, with no spiritual growth occurring. The Greek word for trying, that's dokimion, might be better translated as approving. It is not merely one's presence in such trials, but one's victory over them that brings spiritual growth and maturity. Those Christians whom God can use the most are those whom God has bruised the most. (laughs) What a contention, my people! but nonetheless a true one. 
You'll notice that throughout the Bible, most of the people God used greatly also suffered greatly, especially Jesus. It's just that we become better witnesses when we have gone through tough times, when we've experienced some time on the potter's wheel and have come out victorious. That's something better than we were before. Remember, the trial itself doesn't make us mature, but how we behave under it and how we turn out afterwards, hopefully better and not bitter. Meanwhile, Peter is a little more understanding. He butters us up first before bringing in the heavy artillery, and he opens by declaring, do you believe I spelled declaring wrong? Oh, my Lord. Eh? He says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy had begotten us again unto a lively or living hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. And that's taken from 1 Peter 1, 3-5. Yes, friends, Peter gives us the promise before he tells us the problem. <laughs> we have the lively or living hope. That's sure salvation to look forward to through the finished work of Jesus. It's been saved, incorruptible, and undefiled for us in heaven. So we don't need to worry about the future because that's assured. However, before we get to heaven and our future, there's this little problem we need to work through. And Peter says, Wherefore ye greatly rejoice, do now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness that's distressed through manifold temptations, that the trial, that's the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried or tested with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing or revelation of Jesus Christ, whom, having not seen, ye love, in whom, though now ye see him not, yet believing, ye, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. And that's taken from 1 Peter 1, 6-9. Ah, my people, it's a great ending, but as always, the middle is problematic. That's where our faith, its genuineness and strength come into play. That's when we separate the sheep from the goats, see who is truly serious about Jesus or are just riding the bandwagon. The scholars tell us that verses 6 to 9 look at the problem of salvation in the present. Earthly trials constitute a problem of our salvation, but they are only for a season or temporary. Manifold temptations mean diversified trials. And true faith cannot be destroyed, though God is in the process of refining faith through our trials. 
Yes, friends, though we have not seen Jesus personally, we still believe and rejoice and are unspeakably joyful because of his marvelous promises. Remember what Jesus said to Thomas when he refused to believe that Jesus had risen from the dead unless he personally saw him? Jesus said unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. And that comes from John 20, 29. Jesus is talking about us, my fellow saints, people who haven't seen him in person, but still totally believe and won't give up. Oh yes, life can be and certainly will be difficult at times, but the power of Jesus, the works he's already wrought for us, done on our behalf, gives us the faith, the strength, the staying power to live up to his desires and not be turned off by the trials and temptations of earthly living. Consequently, we are proud and overjoyed at our position in Christ, despite whatever comes against us. So let's go home now declaring, Chupsy, Chupsy. Would you believe that I spell declaring wrong again? It's something about me and that word. Yes, I've got to stop using it. But for today, we're going to go home declaring our Wednesday will, letting all and sundry know of our glorious position in Christ Jesus. So, as one loud, proud, and sincere voice, Wednesday, 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 I'm so glad to be alive on this Wednesday. Wednesday, 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 thank God the breath of life is still flowing through me on this Wednesday. I'm halfway home. My hands are fixed securely on the plow, and I'm not turning back. I'm not looking back at the past, not focusing on what has gone before, but my eyes are fixed straight ahead, straight ahead to a glorious future with Jesus. Glory, hallelujah. And my people, let's not forget that if we endure to the end, that future will be even more glorious than we can either ask or imagine. Much love. And the postscript for today says, the future promise of salvation is so wonderful that the present trials can be considered of little account. And that's a gospel truth, my people. We have so, so much to look forward at the coming of Jesus that what we're undergoing here now uh, is chicken feed. It doesn't amount to anything. So please, let's get together now. Let's get unity and strength, everything that Jesus calls for, and go out and live there for him. And we pray this in his holy name. Amen. Please have a blessed day, my people. Much love.